you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look there today. If you were in the military, especially in the Navy, you might recognize this command, battle stations. Whenever a military man would hear that, he would know he had to get to his post, lock and load, make sure the safety's off, the trigger's ready to fire, and he's ready to fight because it's time for war. Well, as the church, as Christians, we need to be ready to fight because, you see, we are at war. I mean, we were born at war with God because we were born into sin. But then we lay down our, our lives at the cross of Christ in this unconditional surrender, and God declared peace with us. But when God declared peace, Satan declared war. And so we have to be permanently at our battle stations from earth till we get to heaven. And now it's, it's one thing to be willing to fight this war, but it's another thing to know how to win the war. You have to have the right weapons. You can be in the right place. But if you don't have the right strategy, you're going to lose the war every time. Well, the Apostle Paul told us who our enemy is. He tells us we need to stand against the devil's schemes. And then he's told us what our weapons are. Now listen to Ephesians 6, verse 14. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So these are our weapons. This is the battle armor. But this morning, I want us to look at really how he tells us to win the war. And it all begins, it starts with God's power. Verse 10 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. See, notice he doesn't just say, be strong. He says, be strong in the Lord. I mean, it's not a matter of, of pumping iron and lifting weights. We don't need to go buy a Bowflex or, or a gym membership and, and get buff. This is a matter of our walk with God. This is a matter of spiritual disciplines if we're going to be ready, if we're going to be soldiers of Jesus. See, we're not fighting in our power. We're fighting in God's power. And there have been times I've talked with people about Christ, and one of the reasons they give me about why they don't accept Christ, why they don't come to church, is, is they basically say, there's no need to ask Christ into my heart because I can never live up to it. Because I could never stay true to God. Because it's just, it's too hard to be a Christian. Well, well, here's the news. The Bible never says that it's hard to live the Christian life. Really, the Bible says it's impossible. But that's the whole point of salvation. Because once we are saved, God then gives us the power to live the Christian life, the life that he desires. I mean, look, if I could live up to what God wanted me to be on my own, I wouldn't need God, would we? If we could live the Christian life on our own power, we don't need God's power. But the fact of the matter is, 
When we give our heart to Christ, he fills us with his spirit and he gives us his power. And it's only through his power that we are able to live the life God wants us to live. So I have some good news and and bad news. The bad news is we cannot win this war on our own. But the good news is we don't have to. Because the war is not fought in our power. In fact, you cannot fight Satan in your own power. And I think that's the problem with with some people today, with Christians today. they, They try to put up this fight against Satan and they do it in the power in the flesh and in the mind of their own strength. And and they're trying to outfox him and outsmart him and and outmaneuver him. And and the fact is you can't outfox a a serpent. You can't outmaneuver a lion. The only way to meet and defeat Satan is in the power of God. And if you're living more in defeat than in victory, it's, it's probably because of one of two reasons. On the one hand, we fail to realize our deficiency. I think it's the reason why many people don't pray is because deep down they don't think that they need to. And they, they've been saved. They have a good job and a great family and a healthy home and, and a good work and, and everything is going well and they really don't need God and They kind of treat God like, you know, an in-case-of-emergency contact. But when we really get to that point in our Christian life when we think we're strongest, that's when we realize we're weakest. See, there's a lot of room for confidence in the Christian life. There are a lot of things we have to be confident in, but there's no room for pride. Uh, The Lord told Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul adds this, he says, For when I am weak, then I am strong. It was only when Paul recognized and realized his weaknesses that he realized his greatest strength. If you study the great men of God throughout history, you'll find that when they recognized their deficiencies, they became strongest. They recognized that without Christ, they could do nothing. Charles Finney, a great revival preacher, once kept a crowd waiting for over an hour before going to the platform to speak. Finally, someone went and sought him out, and and they heard the voice of Finney behind this closed door, and it said, Lord, I will not go out unless you go with me. See, sometimes not only do we fail to realize our deficiency, we fail to rely on God's sufficiency. In and of ourselves, we we don't have the power, we don't have the strength or the endurance to fight this war and to win it, but God does. We're reminded in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. But the problem so often is God becomes the last resort, not the first resource. I'll admit it. In my own life, there have been times where I've tried doing everything else before prayer. And we've tried to organize and strategize and advertise and systemize and mobilize and and scrape the bottom of the barrel of our own human resources. But when we do all of these things, all we get is what men can do. But when we fall to our knees in prayer, that's when we get what God can do. 
prayer can do anything God can do. And God, God can do anything. But I think so many Christians lose the war because they never go to God. See, without God, we lose. And many people lose because they're strengthening themselves in their own power and in their own might. There was a little boy who was uh, trying to move this stove across his backyard. And he was straining and struggling and groaning and moaning and, and not really getting anywhere. And his dad was standing around and he was watching him and, and kind of amused with it. And finally, after the boy was just near total exhaustion, he said, son, son, can you not move that stove? He said, no, sir. And he said, well, have you used all of your strength? He said, yes, sir. And the dad said, no, you haven't. Because you haven't asked me yet. See, listen again to verse 10. We're told to fight Satan in his mighty power. Not our mighty power. Not our strength. Not the church's strength. Not the pastor's strength. We're to fight Satan in God's strength. So how do we get that mighty power? How do we become strong in the Lord? Well, the only way is, is you must know God. You must have that relationship with God. Him. Daniel 11.32 says, The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. It doesn't matter how hard you try or how clean you live or how much you do or how careful you are. If you don't know God, if you don't truly have a relationship with him on this intimate, consistent basis, if you're not growing in the knowledge of God, then you're just a 97-pound weakling fighting a 1,000-pound war. And the only way you get to know God is the same way you get to know anybody else. You spend time with him. It's imperative that we have that quiet time, that devotional time in our life where we daily get alone with God and have fellowship with him. Because it's not just where we get strength to fight the battle. It's where the battle is won. And you see, Satan is going to do everything he can to keep us from that. He's going to do everything he can to keep you from having that time with God because he knows that's how he wins. He knows that is the secret to our joy and peace. It's why we have to make it a priority. Charles Spurgeon had a time every day he would get alone and be quiet and, and spend with God. And one day he was having his quiet time and a visitor came to see him. It was a very important church member. And the maid answered the door and she said, I'm sorry, you can't see Mr. Spurgeon. He's in prayer. And the man said, would you go tell Mr. Spurgeon it's urgent that I speak to him? And the maid left and she came back and she said, I'm sorry, he told me he cannot be disturbed. And he said, would you tell Mr. Spurgeon a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ is here and he needs to see him? So the maid went and she came back and she said, would you please tell the man that while he is a servant of Jesus Christ, I'm busy with the master and cannot speak to the servant. It's why Charles Spurgeon was such a tremendous soldier of the cross of Christ. He started every day in God's power. And then we need to stay in God's presence. Verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. 
With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints. See, understand that what comes last certainly is not least in this passage. Paul concludes here this passage on spiritual warfare by calling his people to pray because he understands that prayer is the battle. See, you're not getting ready to fight when you pray. Prayer is the fight. And it's in that battlefield that life is won and lost. If you remember in the life of Christ, he was about to face the greatest battle in his life, the, the crucifixion. And what does he say? He tells his disciples, we must stop and pray. See, he, he understood that even though he wins the battle for our sin when he died on the cross, he won the battle for the cross on his knees in the garden. The battlefield is prayer. The war is not fought on our feet. It's actually fought on our knees. And that's why if, we are, if, if Christians who never pray or rarely pray or if you weekly pray, W-E-A-K-L-Y, weekly pray, You've already surrendered before you fired a shot. See, we really have to understand God doesn't fear this. Or, sorry, Satan doesn't fear this. He doesn't fear our sermon. He doesn't fear our singing. He doesn't fear our service. He doesn't fear our stewardship. Satan fears our prayers. And if Satan is going to do one thing in this church, he's going to try to keep us from praying. Dr. R.A. Torrey said, the devil is not afraid of organizations. He's afraid of God. And an organization without prayer is an organization without God. Satan's not afraid of buildings and budgets and baptisms. It's prayer that he fights. It's prayer that he flees. And the greatest tragedy about prayer is not unanswered prayers. It's unasked. I read this the other week. I thought it was interesting. He said, now when we pray, the devil cannot stop God from answering. So he tries to keep us from asking. I thought that was so great because the devil can't stop God from answering our prayers, but he can try to stop us from asking. Because who is Satan at war with? Is he at war with you and me? No. No. Satan is at war with God. Revelation 12 tells us about a war that took place in heaven, and it was God who threw Satan and his angels out of heaven. It was God that doomed Satan to eternal hell. And so Satan's war is not with us. Satan's war is with God. But Satan knows he can't hurt God. He can't defeat God. And so if you want to hurt someone and you can't get to them, what do you do? You go to someone that they love. You hurt someone close to them. And so Satan is at war with us trying to do us harm because he's trying to hurt God in the process. And the great thing is when we pray, we take this battle that Satan is bringing to us and we throw it back where it belongs into the hands of God. David understood that. And that's why the little shepherd boy with a slingshot and a few stones could defeat the largest man in the world. The reason he was willing to fight the giant and defeat the giant was because he understood something no one else in the nation of Israel did. 1 Samuel 17, it says this, Then all the assembly shall know the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. 
Or the nation of Israel was surrounded by Assyria and certain defeat looked imminent and good King Hezekiah stood up before his people and he said this, with him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us to fight our battles. See, God's not interested in you fighting for him. He wants to do his fighting through you. And when we pray, we release God and the power of God into battle. And so a Christian that refuses to pray is like a soldier going into battle with a cap gun when he could be using a cannon. So pray. Stay in God's presence. And then we need to stand for God's purpose. Three different times in this passage we are told to stand. Verse 11 it says, stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 13 says, you may be able to stand your ground. Verse 14, Paul begins by saying, stand firm. See, here's the strange thing. Here you are, and the battle is raging, and you've got the armor on, and and you're out in the battlefield of prayer, and you're pacing back and forth, and you're ready. You're ready to attack. You're ready to go out into the front lines, and you're waiting for the marching orders, and finally they arrive, and you open the envelope, and it says this. Stand firm. It doesn't say charge. It doesn't say attack. It says stand firm. And the reason is because when we take a stand for God, we don't have to go to battle. Satan is going to bring the battle to us. Daniel chapter 3 is the story of those three courageous men who loved God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And a law was passed in that land that everyone had to bow down and worship the golden image of King Nebuchadnezzar. And these three men, they didn't cause a ruckus. They didn't carry on violent demonstrations. But when everybody else bowed down, they stood firm. And just because they stood for God, the battle was then brought to them. And I can't help but wonder if one of the reasons that our country is in the shape it's in today is because for too long, God's people have been sitting silent on the sidelines instead of standing strong for Savior. I mean, God's not looking for Christians that are doing spiritual somersaults and can leap 20 pews in a single jump and you know, swing from the chandeliers and speak in tongues and perform miracles and do all these other things. God is simply looking for people who are going to stand firm and stand up for Christ. There was a little boy out in the field with his horse, and a guy came by, and he said, Son, is that a racehorse? He said, No, sir. He said, Is it a show horse? No, sir. Is it a plow horse? No, sir. Is it a work horse? No. Well, can he run fast? No, sir, but he can stand fast. (laughs) See, God is looking for Christians who will stand fast. And the issue is not and what a believer has done. But when the battle's over, when the smoke is cleared, the question is, are we standing firm? Are we standing true for Jesus? And yes, if you stand firm, you'll get enemies. But I'll tell you this, the image you take and the image you make by taking a firm stand, they'll have more respect for you than when you straddle the fence. See, soldiers in battle have one of two choices. When the battle rages on, they can either stand and fight or cut and run. 
And the reasons that soldiers run is out of fear. But we're reminded in 2 Timothy, God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. It's really interesting. If you go back and you look at the armor of God, and you read through each piece that we've been given, there's not one piece of armor that covers the backside of a Christian. Because we're never told to cut and run. We're told to stand and resist. And Dr. Paige Patterson is a big game hunter, and he went to Africa to hunt what is by far the most dangerous animal, the Cape Buffalo. And he said one time he was there hunting and with his guide, and he came upon a herd of Cape Buffalo, and all of a sudden, without warning, they began to charge right at him and his guide. And he said, everything in me said to turn and run. But the guide said, Dr. Patterson, if we run, we will die because we cannot outrun them. They will catch us. He said, what we need to do is stand firm, don't move, and look them in the eye. The guide even got behind Dr. Patterson just to make sure that's what he would do. (laughs) Dr. Patterson said it was one of the most difficult things in his life. He said he was so scared he wanted to close his eyes, but the guide said, no, keep your eyes open. Stare straight at them because closed eyes, will they'll see fear. So he stood there, straight as an arrow, still as a tree, and stared those Cape Buffalo in the eye. And he said at the last moment, about 10 yards off, the entire herd just stopped, stared him down, and turned around and walked away. And he said, you know, I won that victory because God gave me the ability to stand firm. Church, we need to stand firm. Take our battle stations and get ready. Because God is going to do this battle for us. He's going to do the battle through us. And the good news is we know we win. In the end, God wins. So let me ask you, are you ready this morning to battle? Or maybe this morning, are you ready to join the battle and join in the army of God? It all begins by surrendering your life to him. So if that's what you need to do,